Welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me for a full hour of having fun. And uh, slightly menacing. Maybe it's slightly menacing. Well, hello. I am the guru. And if you're listening to this, then I think that you would make a great addition to our cult. Now you say, why are you telling me up front that it's a cult? Because honesty is one of the values that we have in this cult. And I want to be your guru. Why you? Because I don't want to be your guru. I do and I don't, and I'll explain that in a minute. Please keep listening, because I think that your life is about to change. Why would I want my life to change? You should change your life regularly, like underwear. You're changing your underwear, aren't you? Because underwear gets body stuff on it. Do you hear me? And our lives and our image of ourselves also gets streaked with stains and we want that off of us and the way to do that is to sort of launder ourselves and I'm here to help you scrub all that off and become renewed. Would you like to be renewed? I I hear the word nude in there. That's called subliminal. I put that in there so you'd be titillated by the idea of being renewed. Isn't that it's naked or something? Doesn't work with that one. I'm trying. Sometimes I'm not perfect. Am I the perfect guru? No. And I'll get to that, why that is. I'm going to explain that too. If you're enlightened like that, you get all the information. I just can't give it to you all at once. A lot of people think you can beam information into someone's mind, just like Keanu Reeves learning Kung Fu in The Matrix. He didn't even learn Kung Fu in The Matrix in an instant. He had to study. And he studied for a very long time And on wires, which is not easy. I could do that if I was on wires. Here's the thing. You could extra not do it if you were on wires. That's the whole point. Oh, but there's no wires here. We will be floating using the power of our imagination. And I hope that you learn something. And I hope that you find that our cult is a good fit. And I think it will be. And that I am, the. if you're guru shopping... And this is the time of year people out looking for new gurus say, oh, mine's getting a little old. wonder if I can get a trade-in. Now, this is a guru I've had here since the 80s. What what do you think I can get for him? Well, I don't know. There's a little dated. And he's sort of handsy. Well, I don't know. Is there something new? Yes, this one's (sighs) fitness-oriented. I was looking for something a little more just sitting there, uh, sedentary. So I want to do a little more uh, Zazen. I'll get that to that too. <clears throat> I'm going to give you a full overview. Say, what religion is this? Go, uh, guru. I forgot my name there for a minute. I was going to say Guru. That's not right. I'm mispronouncing it. It's Guru. And what's the religious base here? Because that sounds, is it Hindu? Is it Buddhist or anything? Yes, I say. And no. Always give the KG answers. Say, what is it then? I say, it's what, what is your background? And you'll say, well, I'm 
you know, my mom was Presbyterian and my dad was a Reformed Jew or something like that. And you go, all right, well, uh, that's what we are. And they go, oh, you're Unitarian. You go, no, it's beyond that. It transcends all that. You, should, you might be able to tell when the music starts because that's a dead giveaway. No, I'm kidding. We like to mix that up too. Do you like music? Because we do an awful lot of that in the cult. So if you do like that, I'm skipping ahead to all that. I'm going to be telling you about all the facilities we have and all the beautiful cabins before I even get to the meditating. See, here's the essence. Let me give you the essence right now. And this is something you don't even need to, if you decide you're not going to join, you can keep what I'm about to give you, the gift. Do you ever go to look at a timeshare? and give you a sponge or a key ring or a donut, you get to keep that, whether you buy the timeshare, I say buy, it's in quotes, or not. You get to keep the gift just for looking at it. So you said I get to keep this key ring if I simply look at your timeshare. Yes, such is the magnetism of this timeshare. You're going to want it so badly. You're going to be in it for two seconds and want to stay in it because it's made of an addictive substance and you won't be able to physically leave it. But those two weeks a year are going to be bliss. You're going to bliss out. Can you be, oh, well, we're not doing anything like that. First of all, there's no charge. This is a, I've never heard of a cult that didn't have dues. You mean I don't have to sign over my life savings? You can sign over your life savings to whoever you, whomever you like, whoever you like, whenever you want. But it doesn't, no, it doesn't have to be us. In fact, we don't have any place for you to sign it over to. So I've never gotten around to getting the cult a bank account even. I know that's lame. That's lame. Um, it really should because now we own a chain of businesses. And I'm not, I've got, I'm, I have this all wadded up cash in my living room. I don't know what to do with. And uh, uh, let me tell you, my address, 187 North Address Drive, is starting to look like a crazy bank or something without any kind of bars on the window. Are you feeling stress? Are you confused? Do you just feel like, oh, there's always a vice around me? And it's, it's squeezing me. It's squeezing me like one of the Three Stooges. Like, maybe is it a vice or is it a pants press? Something like that. Something squeezy. And I'm just, it's a pressure. Hey, are you the pants press? Are you the sphygmometer cuff? You could be squeezing yourself. And often we will find that we are oppressing ourselves. We are the ones that are choking off our breath. So I'm going to teach you about how to relax a little bit and you say I'm afraid to relax too much guru because I'm I don't want to I mean I don't want to soil myself or something I go okay have people think that think if I relax too much am I gonna you know go in my pants no you can go to sleep and not do that right so no this is just you're just going to relax. The only thing that you're letting go of is the other detritus, the other waste material. 
that's coming out of you like you can you can envision it too i like to pretend i'm sitting in a chair right now relaxing you don't have to sit cross-legged i can't do that because my um my hip flexors will catch fire so they don't um they don't bend anymore they're just there i met in fact i had they're made of leather i had them uh new ones made so i'm just sitting here and i imagine that there are spigots or spigots or spigots or faucets coming out of my knees and then as i meditate i turn the faucets on my knee my knee faucets and out of the they flow what flows out of them effluence and all of that and i feel cleansed or sometimes i'll pretend there's some sort of magical spirit soap in my hand big big you know gobs of it like you're in a a tub of you've taken a uh, bubble bath have you had one of those have you seen these have you seen these they've got these bubble baths so you get something like mr bubble or one of the uh one of the I forget the other brands, Mrs. Butterworth, and you pour it in the bathtub, and you get the water going, and then you make a churning action, and you have more suds than the Brady Bunch kids doing laundry by themselves. Just so much fun, and you can put it on yourself. Say, oh, I'm Hardy White with a big white beard, or we would do like put it on our heads and go, I have white, big white hair on my head. And uh, I'm Dan Haggerty, I would say sometimes. Who's that? That's Grizzly Adams. Sometimes I'd be, pretend I was Grizzly Adams when I was in the bathtub. And uh, I'd pretend I was all vulnerable, like I was in my cabin taking a bath, you know. Normally I've got animal skins on and I've got... Uh, an axe and a gun, but here I'm just nude, and I hear something, and I go, what is that? And suddenly I'm all vulnerable. That's what I used to, uh, that's kind of my kid fantasy of being uh, Grizzly Adams, taking a bath. The foam, though, I'm imagining now in my hands is magical, and it's uh, created with my own, uh, I use my own energy, and I say I'm positively creating soap bubbles in my hands and I'm gonna put them on my I'm gonna put them on my ears and when I put them on my ears they're suddenly you ever do that you put the soap bubbles on your ears and now you're hearing through all the bubbles and it's calming and maybe you can hear them pop a little bit like that like that I'm rubbing the microphone but it's not really recreating the sound as I hear it in my head it's a beautiful thing oh I hope that you can calm yourself like that. Isn't that what meditating is? I don't know. Is it? Is it? Is it? Kind of. I guess it is a little bit. Another is quieting your thoughts. Now, that's going to be hard to do on the radio, and I don't really want to do it because I'll get kicked off. It's, this is one I do in our auditorium shows. As a guru, I go to lots of auditoriums, and sometimes that the soap they have there isn't to my liking. Hi, I'm Guru. When I travel, I travel with my own hand soap, Guru Hand Soap. It's made of all natural ingredients, fragrant oils, nourishing vitamins, other things I find. 
So I bring that I bring that with me. But this isn't one of those shows. And I would be sitting on a stage. I like to play the old theaters, and I'll sit there on a stage in a chair. And you sit there in the audience. And I will a lot of times people won't know when the show starts because I'll just start gazing benevolently, beneficently. Is that right? Bene good. Facility, felicity. I'm trying to be entomological about it and put the figure out what the words meaning. But you know, with a uh, a look of a gentle look that's not threatening, that's good, full of goodness. And I'll just look at you with love in my eyes. Not love, and you know what I mean. Nothing creepy. And you'll feel say maybe I'm okay. You go, yeah, you're okay. And I think a lot of people, what they're looking for is not adulation. You know, it's just a little validation. Say, all right. Is I all right? Am I good enough? Yeah, you are good enough. What do you mean? What do you mean I'm good enough? Like I'm not the best? Ah. So now you have to figure out what you want. What is it? If you just want to be good enough or I'm okay or you want to be relieved of that pressure, that we can do right here. If you do, if your ambition is greater than that, you probably need to actually join the cult proper. And that would make, that would, it's super easy. The only reason that we have a few days long of the warm-up workshop is just to make sure you want to do it. I have a friend who was a high school friend. He was going to join a monastic order. And he picked this monastic order where it takes a long, long time because they want to make sure that you really want to do this because you got to take a, a vow of chastity and you got to take a vow of uh, near poverty or something like that. So they were like, well, you know, this one we don't let people in casually. So it takes sometimes a decade or something as a novice before you can get in this. And he said, I can do it. I can totally do it. And then, um, then he got married and had kids because it really wasn't right. He did it almost right up to the thing. And they said, are you ready? And he said, no, I'm not. I don't think I am ready. But it was nice hanging with you guys. And I've learned how to make cheese. And no, it wasn't that one. You go, you're talking about the one uh, Trappist by you. What do you mean Trappist by you? No, the Trappist one by you. Oh, in Kentucky. Yes. Yes. Right, the Thomas Merton one that's in western Kentucky. Yes. Does everyone know what you're talking about? I don't know. Do you all know what I'm talking about? I know. I know. I'll explain. So the uh, famous uh, monk, Thomas Merton, he was a Trappist monk, and he lived in western Kentucky at this, uh, at this monk place, what is called Gethsemane. So there's a monastery there, and he took a, a vow of... Um, what do you call it when they all live alone, you know? Being a live alone. And that's pretty amazing. And he was an internationally known writer at the same time. So that's pretty amazing. And then he died. But up until that point, he lived out there. And it was very exciting. At one point, he, had, uh, he was given special um, dispensation um, to leave the her oh hermit that's the word I want the hermitage and go into Louisville to have a medical procedure 
And he had not been around people in a really, really long time because monks aren't people. They're little robot mice. Now, I don't know their people. You know what I mean? He hadn't been in a city or around. So he's standing on the corner of one of those streets in Louisville that's now, I think, Martin Luther King or something, but at the time it was called Chestnut. I think it was one of those nut, one of the Walnut, maybe, one of the nut streets. And he looked out at all these people and he was suddenly filled with all this warm love of humanity. He just, he was like, oh my God, I love humans. See, part of that's from not being around them because <laughs> they're just so new. It's like when you first get to like Paris or London or something, you go, this is place is wonderful. So he's, uh, but you know, he's, and it's genuine, you know, uh, he, uh, they got a sign there now. It says Louisville Epiphany. Where this is where Thomas Merton had the had some feels when he looked out at people, and I think that is pretty amazing. Not that it happened, but that there's a sign about this monk who stood there and was like, "Maybe people are okay." That's a great feeling. I wonder if it could just be summoned up without years of isolation and prayer. That'd be wonderful if you just came out of the cafe feeling like that. Is there a strength of coffee? That will make me feel euphoric about the oneness of all humanity. Because if so, man, I'll take a take. I'll take a double, and include dogs. Oh my God, dogs are beautiful. I already. I'm already there. Every every whatever I drink makes me feel that. But uh, that's pretty amazing. And if you if you say, well, are we going to get this feeling from? The cult. Yes, I think so. I think it's there. Do we get this through you? Now, this is where I'm going to... I'm not getting there yet. You're getting ahead of me. Oh, guru teacher. See, I'll tell you what. Keep going. But you're going to be real shocked at the end when I tell you who the real teacher is. What do you mean? I'm not your real teacher. I'm just... <laughs> I, I'm, are you a substitute? Yes and no. I am and I'm not. So don't switch seats. Also, if you do, I don't care. That's the thing people forget about. We're going to confuse a substitute by telling her different names. I don't care. I don't care. You can tell me any, any name. I'm not really. All I want to do is survive. I'm just trying to get out of here, get to the end of the hour. We are going to film strip this bad boy. And uh, everything's going to be okay, and I'm going to make it home. I believe in being together. I love it like this. They say, well, we're not in one of the, your auditoriums. You know, this is just on radio. Well, this is a kind of being together that's just wonderful if you're shy. If I were in that audience, and I was looking up at Guru, and, and when people gaze upon my visage, they have... You know, they have all sorts of things that they think and feel. And, but, you know, some people, and I'm one of these people, when I make eye contact, or sometimes it's too much. And um, I, why is that? Am I so shy? Well, I feel like it's because I think too highly of myself. But that's very complicated, <laughs> you know. Um, my insecurity might come from my, inability to to want to be myself or to believe that I can 
you know, really be open and honest and not always be fake and be on and be a charlatan. But I am a guru, and so that's sort of kind of uh, how it's got to be. You know, you can take advice from your doctor and then not live like your doctor because they might do all sorts of things that you would never do, like hard drugs or who knows what. But it doesn't mean their advice is not going to be good. This happened to me with a magic book. I, I was uh, in a library, in a wizard's library, because gurus, wizards, all these sort of folks hang out together and have access to one another's library sometimes. And I was in there and there's these magic books and the magic books, some of them are low key and some of them are like touts. You know, they were like, yeah, pick me, come on. I got, I'm full of secrets, come on, grab me. So I grabbed one like that, one of those loudmouth ones and it was so obnoxious. And I read a very profound thing that was in there. And I thought, well, that's true. And I'll tell you in a little bit what that was. And this is amazing. This is, it could change my life. And then the little bugger bit me. He bit me. The book bit me. And I put it back and I was so mad for so long. I thought, this can't be accurate information if the book took a chunk out of my finger. And then I got to thinking, you know, why not? You know, what is the, what is the, what did the biting have to do with the accuracy of the information? I just felt sort of wounded. I felt uh, diminished by the book. I'll show that book. I won't believe it. I'll teach it to disrespect me. And that's absurd because now I'm working at cross purposes because I needed the magic information that was in the book. I looked down at my finger and I realized it was a paper cut. And then, but in the shape of teeth. Because it's a real animated book. It's a real magic book. I wasn't imagining it. A lot of times, I'll do this when I'm telling people all my past lives. Because I've had, how many past lives have I had? Oh my God. 27 million. I think. Some of them are so quick. I can get like, one year I had eight lives in a year. It's awful. But, um, yeah, and you just keep doing that long enough. And, well, I don't even, that's why I don't remember some of them. Because how are you going to keep all that in your head? And i got to clear it every time I, I start fresh. So if you start asking me about specific past lives, like you go, oh, you say you're George Orwell, but you didn't know his real name was Eric. I, I can't remember everything. So, uh, yes. That's going to happen, but that doesn't mean that I don't contain the essence of millions and millions of people. Most of them, lots of them, cavemen and all, because they count. You say, well, how long have people had souls? You know, do uh, do the does uh, Australopithecus Africanus have a soul? And they go, what kind of question is that? You know. Lucy? person's name is Lucy, has a name. Of course they have souls. And that's why, why heaven is just absolutely horrid now. It's so crowded. 
because there's there are so many good people say oh there aren't a lot of good people oh you should go to heaven it's just absolutely unsafe it's packed it smells like urine it's something it used to be nice you know there were more um crummy people but there's just so many good people now that heaven's just hell is still terrible you know but now there's no i don't know where to go so that's why i'm saying well let's stay alive eternally for a while let's just see how it goes we've never tried it and maybe you know just try we'll try not dying for a while yeah but i'm already in the middle of dying that's fine oh no i'm not saying don't but um let's just there's other places you can go and we're looking into it now and i'll let you know before you you go but you don't have to go to the traditional ones there's a new space we're opening up it's gonna be cool that's all i'm gonna say about it you know you'll want to spend eternity in uh, in this place lots of opportunities to just do have experiences and and wonderful feelings and you'll feel occupied and curious and you know being confused is part of that you know, where am i what's going on now but anything that's interesting that you do has that element of confusion doesn't it like these breakout rooms or something i would go to one i went to a really simple one for people that have a low frustration level and you just open the door and leave but that's not for everybody. Some people are like, I want it a little complicated. I want it to be, I want to be slightly scared. You know, we've got to figure this out. Let's get out of here. Um, but then there's people like me who are just like, let me out now. Just not my bag. And I'm not very good at games. <laughs> that's another thing. And But I am curious. Some things I am curious about. And I do like to be confused. So that's a big lie. I'm inconsistent. I'm sorry about that. Hey. Hey, I'm an inconsistent guru. I think the word itself uh, means fabricator of credentials, doesn't it? I don't know what it means literally. It might mean teacher or governor, something like that. But I, the way I use it, well, it's my name. I adopted it as a, as a name. I had it in a vision. I was falling asleep, and I swear to God, the cat said it to me. Uh I'm like that I went guru I am it didn't dawn on me there was an actual word you know how because I spelled it g-o-o-r-o-o in my head and then you're half asleep and you just think it's this wonderful made-up mystical word and you go oh she's just it's just guru but you know I like having an ordinary name I think I went it was that I was gonna go uh Mike or Dave or something, but I didn't, I didn't, so I'm guru, and maybe my voice will be calming to you, you know, there is a certain frequency or a timbre or way of speaking very softly that some people enjoy, and it calms them, or in my case, unnerves and irritates them especially if there's a slight clicky saliva thing going on and that makes me angry so i remember listening when i was uh, young a young person i remember listening to garrison keeler on the radio lake wobegon and 
it was like an ASMR saliva fest. He was just, I don't know what kind of microphone. They're using old-timey radio mics brought to you by... You're too close to it or something. And I would just hear all the, you know, pasty um, dehydration of the poor gentleman's mouth. I mean, when people are speaking like that in public for a living. You need to lube up with some H2O. And, and keep things a little, a little wetter. If you let it get to that, that viscousy stage, it starts making all its own sounds and everything, and all your consonants have additional fricatives made of bubbles. So please, let's, let's do something about that. Go back, and there's probably a filter we can put on those old shows to take that out, and I won't have to get sick when I listen. But I don't like all sounds, and I prefer... I've got to tell you, I prefer a voice that is projecting. I'm not going to lie, I like going to the theater. I like standing there in the back, way in the back, because there are no seats left. But because I'm standing, I have the best view, and I can hear the performer. Because even if they're speaking in a low voice, they know how to project or something like that. And those old theaters, the acoustics, were taken into account. How could you speak on a stage naturally and still be heard? Oh, and still be heard. That's the way drama used to be. I love it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's called just style. The whole realistic thing, people added that later. And I'm not always moved by it. When you watched theater, you know, as a primitive person, like when I was watching with my primitive friends, it can be very broad and, and wonderful. It doesn't have to be uh, realistic because realistic isn't real anyway. And we know that from these reality shows, so-called, that have to be recreated and re-dramatized because the real thing isn't real. So everything has to be turned into drama. And I say, if you're going to, then do it in a stylish way that it can be recognized that you're making art or this is a poetic representation. I know this is not the way people speak. Their voices are ordinary and do not contain these tones. And yet, I'm glad a little bit that you don't have to go to the hardware store and someone that does that. But it is kind of, kind of beautiful. I wish there was some sort of brain injury that made you do that. Speak like a Shakespearean actor. That wouldn't be a bad thing. Would you get that fixed? If everything was like that, uh, y'all write more coffee or anything? You may just bring us the check. Yeah, all right. Wow, that's so dramatic. But it's just, it's not an affectation. It's just neurology. That'd be interesting. That would make things, uh, all the difference in the world. Not knowing whether someone is is whispering because they're unable to speak loudly or because they're s telling a secret. And this inability to discern 
what the motivation is when you hear something. Oh, it's a tragic flaw. A lot of times we make a lot of assumptions about what we're hearing because we often don't know what we're hearing. But once you've decided, you may cut off avenues of perception. You know, you ever see something online and you think, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Look at that crazy accident or look at that person misbehaving in a store or something. And then uh, for two seconds you think, is it real? I'm getting all worked up, but I don't even know really what I'm watching. I'm watching, um, I don't know, it's on a, like a television kind of thing. I always thought that about Andy Kaufman. You know, is he for real? He's on a stage. There's a show going on. People have paid, I mean, that, that's what's so, did he just happen to, he's on national TV. Is it by accident? Somebody made a mistake? It's a poor man. That's a la one of the last things they think is, this is uh, drama, this is comedy, this is acting, this is art, this is recreated. What's going on? But what is it? And I had to use a bunch of different words because I could have said, you know, this is religious ritual. And it might look strange to you. There's no demons in people. You're pretending to exercise a demon, and there's no demons in... Listen, just for two seconds, do this in your mind. Take these two things and detach them. Emotional, physical experiences that might have no rational reason, but that provoke a certain feeling or state or... Uh, emotional uh, reaction, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, ecstasy, joy, fear, something like that, that's a thing, that happens, and you can induce them in people and yourselves, it's not very difficult. Two, the origin of subtle ideas and things, it's very, very difficult to visualize and quantify some of the things in our lives that cause our troubles. And it doesn't mean that we can't address them because sometimes they're just too complicated and they needed to be treated in a way. It could be filled with a sense of self-loathing and horror and it could be the accumulation of a lot of trauma and things like that and you've built up all these now you could sort through it intellectually or you could have someone rip it out of you. You could poetically con uh, transform, poetically transform all those things, real psychological things, into a more concrete entity which can then be removed ritualistically using this immersive, immersive, uh, drama. Isn't that wonderful? When you put it that way, it sounds great. Oh, does it? Yes and no. So I've learned just by having the cult, you know, what I'll do is I'll teach people how to relax and how to love themselves. And then all I have to do is then not say that it has anything to do with me or that I'm the source of any of it or that an I or my biography in any way figures in to them figuring that out. 
that this is something akin to uh, riding a bike and you don't owe the person who taught you to ride a bike anything because at the end of the day, it was you. You taught you to ride the bike. Now, there could be somebody there holding on, making sure you don't wipe out or that when you do, you've got someone to wipe the blood and asphalt off of you. But other than that, you're doing all the work. Oh, you are having to balance your body. You're having to feel out, who am I? Who is the bike? Where is up? Where is down? All the subtle adjustments that go into it. That's you. That is never me, and it never will be me. Oh, guru. Oh, yes. Can I ask you a question? Please do. That's why I love that. I love, I thrive off of that. I'm here 100% because of my... My, my ego and my thirst for acceptance and love. Oh, please, please treat me with some sort of uh, uh, respect that I may or may not deserve, but I crave as a human being. And so I, I, I so long for it that I think, well, maybe it can be done in a sort of authoritarian way. Maybe if, if I was to, to awe or stun or be in some way mildly threatening to people with my knowledge that they would... Why are you talking like, like Floyd the Barber? I don't know. I think because it's slightly evil. Floyd was slightly evil, Floyd the Barber. I think so. In my head, it's like people are disappearing. But he could have been a very nice gentleman. But I think that's why he had the stroke. Is part of it was guilt. And all that lugging around bodies, probably. I don't know. Oh, bless you. I'm not trying to confuse as much as I'm trying to create a distraction. Let's say you wanted to liberate yourself or somebody else, let's say from a small prison or from a metaphorical prison. One of the things that you might want to do is distract the guard. Somebody has that key. And maybe you could say, I'm going to pretend, I'm going to walk in. Your accomplice walks into the room and pretends to, to be a gorillagram. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these people dress up in a gorilla suit and they'll come and they say i got a message from you from your friend tom everything is great in vietnam and then uh you know oh tom, good old tom miss him but then it turns out that this is a trojan gorillagram horse and what he's really doing is creating a distraction so that somebody else can grab the key off the waistband of the distracted jailor. Now, in this case, who is the jailer? You are. You are the jailer. Who is the prisoner? Well, you are. You, you are the jailer. And who is creating this the distraction? I am. I told you that. That was the first, like the first thing I told you, is that I'm creating distraction. But I'm creating the distraction so that you can free yourself. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take that aspect of you that might be your uh, jailor, the one that is oppressing you, that is telling you that you're not good enough, that you have failed, that you must be locked away, that you cannot, uh, you cannot be fully liberated, that you cannot be yourself. I'm going to distract that one. Say, over here, over here, gorilla, I'm a singing gorilla, please pay attention. I'm going to get a gorilla pension. If you see your friends, please give me a mention. And that's, that's going to be me. 
And now this whole time, I hope you were grabbing you, you were grabbing the key, the key to your liberation. Now, back in the day, this might not have broadcast on the radio. This would have been a cassette, and you would have traded it and say, here, my friend, I have this new guru, and we have a cult, and we'd like you to be in it. And you say, well, why are you calling it a cult? And you explain that it's honesty is one of our tenants. And so we just come right up front, tell you what it is and all that. Here's another thing, a great thing about our cult, and this has not always been the way, but we decided to do this. You know how some cults have like a uniform where they all wear like robes or flowing robes or because there's often uh, an, a, an Asian religion has been ripped off, they'll dress in some sort of exotica, you know, pan, some pan-Asian sort of quasi-monastic robes. Well, we were thinking of having... Um, kind of what we call fancy dress rule, which is like a costume. We got it from England, because in England they call that uh, fancy dress. But we, we say something else is fancy dress here, but they mean like costumes. Like you say, uh, oh, the party tonight is fancy dress. What are you going to uh, be? And you say, I'm Spider-Man. But here, if, some, if I said, we got a party, and it's fancy dress. And you came as Spider-Man. You'd be like, what are you trying to do? Ruin my wedding? Um, why aren't you wearing denim like everybody else? So you'd want to want to do that. Be humiliated. But we're thinking about doing it for the... And the reason we want to do it for the cult is because it's an identity thing. It's because first, also, it's fun. You know, and if you're trying to be yourself and you're trying to get in touch with who am I really, uh, then self-expression, sometimes self-abandonment's great, and you go, I just want to wear robes like everybody else, but then sometimes you're like, well, we could go, there's two routes you can go. You can go the sort of Harry Christians, everybody's wearing a sheet, or you can go Renfair, you know, full-on Renfair or Con. Renfair meets Comic-Con. That's crazy. That's so wonderful. Then you can be, we can wear anything. So we have people in our cult have wearing stuff you go what is that that that's fantastic and they go oh i'm an anime you've never heard of and you go that's great what are you oh i'm an anime you've never heard of that's great you all look amazing what are you i you've never heard of it but i'm an anime thing thing from an anime so there's that or um i'm a i'm a doctor who villain oh which one you wouldn't know it's from a it's uh, from a season you didn't watch. All right. Well, that's good. It's a Colin Baker one. Okay, whatever. I'm not, I'm probably, I may have seen it. So, but you look great. I love it. But those are all now welcome in the cult. We are a big tent, and the tent is filled with people dressed like clowns. And you go, that sounds like a circus. Why wouldn't it be a circus? We are a, we're a circus. We're a church. We're a circus. We like to call it sometimes. We are, what else are we? We're a sports team, but there's no competition. We are a band, but there's no instruments. Well, that's a lie. We do have this thing where, so sometimes I've got to, I, I do like to indulge the, um, the guru thing a little bit. And, um, you know, one of those indulgences is that everything I do is inspired and brilliant and spiritual. So any instrument I play will be played perfectly and inspired by another realm of existence 
a level probably above and over to the side of this one. And, and so I will do concerts or demonstrations where I will play s sacred instruments for a very long time, well beyond what you would think would be people's uh, capacity to withstand. Why? Why do you do that? Why wouldn't you have more sensitivity as a performer say, man, I'm losing people. If you go past that, if you go way past the point of losing people, they think, oh my God, what's going on? You know, who is this person? What am I listening to? Is this secretly good? And that's where you want to get to. You want to get to this, like, is, that, is this experimental or am I being tricked? So I want to do that right now. I want to play some music for you on an instrument that I think gets uh, doesn't get enough attention. It's the slide flute. And I've used it for making it sound like my pants fell or that my pants magically flew back up onto me. Or, yeah, you'll get the hint. Well, now I'm going to use it to play some improvised melodies. Where do the melodies come from? You? Do they? My brain is a sort of uh, receptor. All right? It's a receiver. A receiver of waves that may come from, we don't really know, part, other parts of the cosmos, other brains, or the past. Some say I'm channeling for long dead composers, some of the distant past, some even from Atlantis, which had nothing but, the slide whistle was to Atlantis what like bagpipes are to Scotland. Everybody had them, all funerals, all Atlantan funerals, had someone play these really mournful, beautiful tunes on slide flute. And I'm going to, if you would allow me, I want to share some of that with you now. I'm going to improvise for that. We've bumped some of the next shows or have been, uh, we've bumped them. I'm, I'm here for the next two or three hours is what Scott told me. got a little too much of the energy from the other world in me, and I think I hyperventilated. But now I feel great. I feel just I disappeared for a little, it's like I stood up too fast. And uh, you get that? I get that feeling all the time now. I'm saying, oh, you stood up too fast, but I didn't stand up. I hope everything's okay. Sometimes I take too much blood pressure medicine because I forget I take it, and then I, that makes me forget I, and then I take it. <laughs> 
So sometimes it goes down to like the single digits. And I just get a little woozy. But I also love it. You know, I told you, I like being a little bit disoriented. That's why people take drugs. So I want to be a little bit confused when I go to this. People say that about a lot of shows. I go, man, you ought to get high and see this. Why? Because it sucks. So you need, you'll need to think it doesn't suck. Oh, okay, that'll be cool. Yeah, it's good. Well, you know, you'll see. Take a lot of, take a fistful of acid, which is a great, I think there's probably a, something called that, fistful of acid. And um, do that. Don't do that. Don't you do that. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not that kind of guru. I'm not advocating for anything, really. I thought I made that pretty clear. I'm just here in a supportive role. And I am, the only thing I'm really doing is advocating for you to, to uh, join the cult. And I'd love to have you in it. Oh, I think now that we've been together for a while, I just, oh, feel like you're such a great fit. It's almost like we've known each other in past lives. I always think when I meet, uh, when I meet listeners, I always say, I think in, pa in a past life, I listened to your radio show. And they wonder about that. I go, I think it's true. I mean, well, this has happened, you know, with, with readers. I've had past lives where I go, like, I am a big fan of you. I think you were a big fan of mine, and I was a big fan of yours or something. That's wonderful. And uh, some gurus will say, oh, you used to be my student in another life. No, 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 no. It flips. You take turns. I'm pretty sure. So if I'm, you were guru last time around, if I remember correctly. And it just rotates. It's like bringing snacks. I've had to bring, Deborah had to bring snacks to a group where you're meeting and you say, well, one of these one, once a week things, and they make you sign up for snacks a month, months in advance so that you can't say, you know, uh. so I remember took a birthing class like that to help somebody have a baby. So you're having a baby. Well, I'm personally not. So I feel like a fraud here. But I'm, I'll sit through it for three months and learn how to um, give CPR to a baby was one. They had a, a nurse come give a lecture for that. And she had a, they had these uh, CPR baby dummies. And part of her shtick was she goes, this is, this is a Barbie shoe. She goes, sometimes a Barbie shoe will find its way into a baby and get stuck. Then you may ascertain the situation. You would say, baby, baby, are you okay? So this, this, this happened in Georgia, So just to be clear. So, um, so I learned to say, you go, baby, baby, you okay? And then, no, nothing. So you try to, then you try to dislodge, stick your finger in there and try to grab the Barbie shoe. All that kind of stuff. And there's all, I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to give instructions over the radio. <laughs> but the man on the radio told me how to do the baby CPR and it was wrong. Exactly. That's why you got to do it in real life on a real doll and a real gray alien looking weird baby CPR doll. They are not realistic. I think on purpose because I don't want to like have some kind of, you know, so. Will the real, will the real baby be gray? No, it'll be like look like a real baby. Next question. So uh, that's one of the things you learned. But I also what I really learned was bringing a snack. 
that it's very important to, and you'd have people blow off that week. You go, you can't blow off. If you're snack week, look at all the people you're hurting. Because if I remember correctly, it also was like uh, right at an inconvenient time. You know, what time y'all get off work? Get off work around 5. All right, well, the class is going to start at 5.20, and we'll just go from 5.20 to what time do you start throwing up stomach acid if you haven't eaten? You know, 8, somebody, 8. We'll go to 8.20. So that's, uh, oh, oh, Lord. I'd rather have an, can't, I think the best time to have a class for me would be 3.30 a.m. to 5. Because I usually, I just there's a time of the night I just can't sleep. I'll wake up no matter what time I go to bed. There's just a, like an hour, hour and a half in the middle there. And my my step watcher bracelet knows. It's like, you're not sleeping. I go, I know, I can't. I don't know what's wrong. So sometimes I'll, you know, I'll get up and, and get a job. I'll get a job working in an all-night diner or something. Then I'll come home and go back to sleep. Oh, my friends. Have you, should I send around the sign-up sheet? Is there a little ritual you want to do? Well, can I, isn't there something like an altar call? If you want to, you want to come up and make it official? Oh, my God, that'd be great. I didn't even think about that. If you want to officially, like, join the cult, ah, now i got to look around, see if there's something we can use as a ceremonial objects or something. I could, like, lightly tap you on the head with this slide whistle. They do the, um, when they write, folk they the sword on the shoulder it seems dangerous to me i don't know if that's a real sharpened sword or they just use a they might just use like a tai chi sword that you use in your tai chi class and everything and i don't know that'd be a good question for king charles if he does a q a sometimes if you watch some watch a documentary on him then the house lights go up and you go any questions for king charles you know i was very much enjoyed the documentary i was wondering about the swords you know are they sharp you know oh, no 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 they're just uh, ceremonial oh thank you i'll take my i'll take my question off the air i think you ought to take do you have any questions friends my friends do you want to take them off the air take your answer off the air i'll put your answer on the air right now and the answer is yes or no. It depends. Oh, but I'll tell you one thing. If there isn't action, there is inaction. And where there is inaction, there is often potential for realizing the effect of the action that you might create and initiate so that there can be things done like transforming yourself uh, renewed energy oh greater focus a sense of purpose how can i get that all you have to do is take deeper breaths take big deep breaths you're holding it all up here all that tension you relax you let go a little bit you say the whole world doesn't rest on my shoulders. You're thinking of the one that Atlas or one of them that has that's all resting on their shoulders. Well, you know what? Atlas shrugged. Why did Atlas shrug? Because they asked him and say, "What well, uh, is uh, the Anne Rand a psychopath?" Atlas went, "Oh," like that, and the globe fell off. 
and it went rolling in. But here's the thing. The globe's not sitting on anybody's shoulders. They can shrug all they want. Atlas can shrug out there in space. Oh, he can say what? I don't know. You don't have to know. Knowing is not the basis of life. Knowing is not the basis of all creation. There is almost, you could say, nothing to know and everything to know. Therefore, there is nothing and everything to know. Therefore, knowing isn't really a thing. Oh, I hope that you are feeling it. I hope that I can be uh, your guru. I'm kidding. We all know what's going on here. You are the guru. You are auditioning some ideas for your self-improvement, for your self-love and healing. You are taking in advice from all sorts of talking magical books who may or may not bite, but they all are coming to you, and you are a cult of one that's joined up to these other cults. Don't be an isolated cult. Come to the cult games. You've got to hook up with the other. We all make, uh, it's more fun that way, and we help one another out. So you're not an island. You're a confederacy of islands, and they're all linked by bridges and boats and dreams and uh, love and, and reason. Oh, my goodness. My love for you is so strong that I will use my reason when I am confronted by negative emotions that might try to be conspiring to have me resent you or be angry or feel you know, belittled or something. What are they? Oh, no, I'm going to think through these things so I can see their sources and maintain the pure love that I have for my fellow human beings. Oh, we can do this together. I will not let fear interfere. I will gladly liberate myself and give it up and join this cult. What am I going to give up to join the cult? I'm going to give up all sorts of things that are holding me back. Like this, uh, uh, what's holding me back? Self-pity? Maybe holding me back a little bit. Um, fear. Fear of being found out. Fear of being seen to be dumb or lesser, you know. And then, uh, I, don't, I like my silent failures. I don't want any public failures. I don't want people to see me be not great. Oh, they'll think I'm just ordinary and stupid. Oh, that's what we're going to, oh, conquer that. That's what we're going to breathe out of us. We're in New Haven. New Haven? No, no, no. Not New Haven. New Heaven. It sounds like you're saying New Haven. New Heaven. Best pizza on the East Coast. That's New Haven. No, I'm talking New Haven. This is not of this world. Oh, my goodness. This is hard to explain. Anyway, listen, I, I don't have enough time in this in this hour. It's all going to have to be in the newsletter. Uh, go. It's a cult. You just look it up online. Say cult, any cult. Doesn't have to be this one. Uh, guru, whatever. And you'll see all my stuff that I have uh, printed out there. Bless you so much. I trust you. I know you're going to use your own uh, 
heart and your beautiful conscience uh, to know what is true and real and good. You are listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm just kidding. It's WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County in New York City, New York, or online at WFMU.org worldwide. Freeform Radio, the way it runs again the radio side. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for listening. I'll see you again next week.
Yeah. 